Shalom to all. Today's office is Gendav Chavbez. We are starting the second line with the words Atzis Shel Echad. And today's office sponsor Leilu Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarbas, Rabbi Yaakov Meisha, her Neshama should have an Aliyah, and Leilu Nishmas, Rabbi Yechmiel Mardochai Ben Rabchaim, his Neshama should have an Aliyah. Now we concluded yesterday with mentioning an Atzis, a flower pot, and there's a halachic differentiation between an Atzis Nakov, a perforated flower pot, versus an Atzis Shein Nakov, a non-perforated flower pot. And we're talking about an Atzis Nakov over here. And since this Atzis, this flower pot has a hole in the bottom, we view anything growing inside as if it's actually attached to the ground. Which means that basically the dirt and that which is growing in the flower pot is a piece of karka itself, even though it might be raised above the ground and it's movable, it's still considered a karka. And this is relevant to a few things. And today we're going to be talking about kenyanim and miser. So Gemara tells us, the pot belongs to one person, whereas the plant growing inside belongs to somebody else. Let's say the owner of the pot sold it to the owner of the plant. Once the owner of the plant did meshicha on the pot, which means he lifted it or pulled it towards himself, so he's why is that? Because the pot's considered regular metaltalin. It's just a regular movable object, and the way to do kenyan on metaltalin is to do mashicha. Whereas machar bal let's say the owner of the plant sold it to the owner of the pot, like the owner of the pot is not kind of the plant, until he does a chazaka on the plant. How do you do a chazaka? So you can't pull it towards yourself because that's not a chazaka, that's mashicha. You have to make some sort of significant change to the plant. And that's the way that we're kind of karka by way of chazaka. And since the plant is considered karka, he has to do a chazaka on it in order to be kind of Another scenario, let's say the same fellow owns both the pot and the plant, and he sold them to somebody else. If the purchaser did a chazaka on the plant, so he's automatically kind of the atzitz, the pot. And why is that? Because this is what we learned. Nechasim, the don of achrayis, which is another way of saying metatolin, one could be kind of them along with nechasim sheyeshlam achrayis, which is another way of saying karka, with money which means when a person buys a piece of property, when a person buys karka, and he has a proper kinyan on it, either by paying for it, or by writing it down in a star, or by making a chazaka in it, so he's automatically kind of a tautalan that are along with it. So it's over here. If the person does a proper chazaka on the plant, so he's automatically kind of the pot without having to do anything to it. However, if he did some sort of chazaka to the atzitz, which means he made some sort of change to it, maybe he painted it or something like that, he's not even kind of the atzitz, because you can't be kind of a tautalan by way of chazaka. The only way he's going to be kind if he makes a proper chazaka on the zrayim, not on the atzitz. Now this all had to do with kinyanim. Now we're going to be talking about miser. Let's say the whole of this flower pot is in Eretz Yisrael, meaning his flower pot is right on the border, but the whole flower pot is located in Eretz Yisrael, but the branches of the thing that's growing inside the pot are leaning over the border into Chutz Laaretz. So by Amr says, we go after the whole, therefore everything growing here is considered to be growing in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore it's Whereas Rav Amar, he says, We go after the branches, and therefore, since the branches are leaning into Chutzla Aret, everything here is considered to be growing in Chutzla Aret. And it's not Chayv in Maeser Midai Raisa. Now the Gemara clarifies, No one argues in the case where it took root, which means that the roots went through the hole in the flower pot and actually rooted themselves into the ground of Eretz Yisrael itself. Everyone agrees that that's considered like the plant is growing in Eretz Yisrael. Kipli, the Homachlaika says, Where the roots did not snake their way through the hole into the ground of Eretz Yisrael, and the plant is only growing in the pot itself. As the Gemara, with Ashrash Loipligi, there isn't a machlaikis, even in the case of Ashrash, where the roots snaked their way through the hole and latched onto the ground of Eretz Yisrael. We do have a machlaikis, because of Atanan, we have a Mishnah. We have two gardens, one on top of another. 
vegetables growing out the middle, which means we have two gardens right next to each other, and one is situated higher than the other. Imagine on two of the steps of your house, you have two different gardens. The lower one owned by Ruvain, the upper one owned by Shimon, and in the vertical space in between step one and step two, there's some vegetables growing out. Now, Rav Meir, Rav Meir says, Shel Elyon, these vegetables belong to the owner of the upper garden because they're rooted in his ground. Whereas Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Huda says, Shel Tachtain, these vegetables belong to the owner of the lower garden because they're hanging over the airspace of his garden. So we see that there's machlaikes even in regards to something that's rooted. We see that Rabbi Huda holds that even though it's rooted in someone else's property, since it's over the airspace of a different person's property, it's considered that person's. And that means we should technically have the same machlaikes in regards to Meister over here. Even if it's rooted in Eretz Yisrael, since the branches are in Chutzla Aretz, we would say that at least a corn tribe Yehuda is considered to be growing in Chutzla Aretz. So Igmar says, no, it's not a riot, because Hasing Fiktani Taima, over there, the reason is already taught why they argue. Amar of Meir, of Meir explains, why is it that the owner of the upper garden owns these vegetables? Because Maimir to El Yunlita Safari and Kanyarek. If the owner of the upper garden wants to clear out all of his dirt, meaning let's say he wants to dig down deep and he wants to level his garden with the one lower than him, so then there wouldn't be any vegetables, because he would be uprooting these vegetables. So that means that the vegetables belong to him. And Amar Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says that no, because Maimir to Atachtin Lamalis is Ginasayafar and Kanyarek. If the lower one wants to fill his garden with dirt to level it with the upper one, so there wouldn't be any vegetables here either because they'd be covered over with dirt. And that's why they belong to the owner of the lower garden. So this isn't a machlekes having anything to do with where the plant is rooted. It's simply a matter of who has control over this plant. But the market he's asking, is it really no machlekes in regards to where the tree is rooted? A tree which is partially in Eretz Yisrael and partially in Chutz Laaretz. We have Tevel and Chulin mixed with each other. Devei Rebbe, that's Rebbe's opinion. What does it mean we have Tevel and Chulin mixed with each other? Well, part of the tree is in Eretz Yisrael, so that'd be Chayv and Meiser, and that's called Tevel, and part of the tree is in Chutz Laaretz, and that's considered Chulin because it's not Chayv and Meiser, and since we can't differentiate between the different fruits on the tree and where they got their nourishment from, we say that all the fruits are considered to be Tevel and Chulin mixed with each other. Worship Shimon Gamliel and Shimon Gamliel says that no, Hagadol Bechiyov Chayev, Hagadol Bepturah Potter, that which grows in the place which is Chayev, meaning that which is growing in Eretz Yisrael is Chayev, and that which grows in a place which is Potter is Potter. Now, my life isn't Machlek is referring to a case that makes us knife a barat, who makes us knife a Bechutz that part of the branches are in Eretz Yisrael and part of the branches are in Chutz but the entire tree is rooted in Eretz Yisrael. So we see that we have Machlek in regards to a tree being rooted in one place, but the branches being in a different place. The Gemara says, Lai, makes us Shorashin Barat, who makes us the Machlekes is in regards to the roots themselves. Some of the roots are in Eretz Yisrael and some of the roots are in Chutz Laaretz. And in my time with Rav Shimon Gamliel, was Rav Shimon Gamliel's reasoning that we consider half the tree Chayv and Meiser and half the tree Potter and Meiser? That's because the Mafsik Tzunma, there's a rock underneath the ground dividing the roots very clearly. So since there's a very clear division of the roots, it must be that the half of the tree that's by the roots that are growing in Chutz Laaretz, all those fruits are only getting their nourishment from Chutz Laaretz. And the same thing with the fruits that are growing by the roots of the tree that are in Eretz Yisrael, those fruits only get their nourishment from Eretz Yisrael because there's this rock clearly dividing them. Now, my time is Rebbe. What's Rebbe's reasoning? The Hadri Arvi because they gets mixed together again. Meaning, yes, even though down below, under the ground, we have a clear division of roots and some of the roots are getting their nourishment from Chutzlart and some roots are getting their nourishment from Eretz Yisrael, once they go to the trunk of the tree and all the branches, everything gets mixed together. So we don't know which fruits are actually getting nourishment from Eretz Yisrael and which ones from Chutzlart. Now, but my commitment, what's the Machlaikes? So it says we just said, according to Rebbe, the air space mixes everything up, meaning once the nourishment goes from the roots of the tree to the trunk of the tree and higher up, everything gets mixed up. Umar Savar was Rav Gamliel holds each one is separate. Now going back to our Mishnah, we had said Rabbi Huda Maseira Aymer of Chulu, the Rabbi Huda Maseira told us that we're not allowed to write a get on parchment that previously had something written and then erased, 
or on Diftra, which is unfinished parchment. And that's because both of these are forgeable. After the get was written and signed, the woman could technically erase something that's written there, and we wouldn't be able to tell that something was erased. Whereas the Chum argued. But now we're going to be talking about Diftra for a moment, this unfinished parchment. The Gemara says, There's three different types of Iris, which literally means there's three different types of hides of an animal, but it's specifically referring to unfinished parchment. And they're called Matzah, Chefa, Vidiftera. Now Matzah, what is this unfinished parchment called Matzah? It's exactly as it sounds. The same way that matzah, like the crunchy cracker that we eat on Pesach, doesn't have anything in it, so too this hide hasn't been worked with at all. It hasn't been salted, it hasn't been floured, and it hasn't been treated with this gallnut juice that we've spoken about. Now, in regards to what halachas is relevant, in regards to taking it out on Shabbos, meaning bring it from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, or vice versa, which we know is Aser. So the Kamashiurai, what's the shear of Iser of this type of parchment or of this type of hide? That this is the minimum shear a person is not allowed to be mighty on Shabbos. It's like he taught, enough to wrap around a small weight. The Kaman, how big is this small weight? Amrabai says, It's a fourth of a fourth, which is the smallest weight in Pompadisa. And since this is the smallest size of matzah type of parchment that one is able to use for significant use, that's a minimal amount that a person is not allowed to be mighty on Shabbos. What about the next type? Chefa, that's a type de moliach that was salted, but it wasn't treated with flour and it wasn't treated with this gallnut juice. Now, my hilchsa in regards to what halach is that relevant, like says Shabbos, in regards to being mighty on Shabbos, what's the shear of Isser being mighty this type on Shabbos? Kidna, like it was taught in Mishnah, or, which again literally means hide, but it's referring to this chefa type, enough to be able to make a kamea, which is an amulet. And diftra, which is the parchment that we were speaking about in our Mishnah, it was treated with salt and flour, but it wasn't treated with gallnut juice yet. Lamai Hilchsa, in regards to what halachas is relevant, Lightsaz Shabbos, in regards to being mighty this on Shabbos. Vikamishurai, and how much diftra is usher to be mighty on Shabbos, meaning what's a minimal shear, enough that one could write a get on it. And obviously, that's according to the Chachamim that say that we're allowed to write a get on diftra, and not like Rehudim Maseira that says that we're not allowed to write a get on diftra. Now, explain she to the Chachamim, we had said, the Chachamim say that we're allowed to write a get on these types of parchment even though they're forgeable. Now the Gemara asks, Man Chachamim, who is this Chachamim? Am Reb Lazar, Reb Lazar answers, and it's important to note that this Reb Lazar over here is Reb Lazar ben Pedas, the Amaira. So he answers, who's the Chacham of our Mishnah? Chaf Bezo and Bezo on top? Reb Lazar he. It's Reb Lazar, meaning Reb Lazar ben Shamua, the Tana that we've spoken about. The Amar, he holds, Eid Mesira Karti, that it's the Eid Mesira that are the key over here to the creases of the Get. Now why is it that it would be Kasher? Because again, the Chashash over here is that something maybe was forged. For example, there was some sort of Tanai in the Get that had to be fulfilled in order for it to be valid. And perhaps that Tanai was erased. So according to Rebelezer, this wouldn't be an issue, because as we know, Rebelezer holds Eid Mesira Karti, and therefore when she gets divorced with it, it's the Eid Mesira that read the get. Remember, we learned the Dafya test that the Eidim need to read the get, and when she wants to get remarried later on, she would need to produce these Eid Mesira to prove that her get was valid, and they're going to know if something was changed on the get. So it's not a problem to write it on something which is forgeable, because these Eid Mesira are going to know if something was forged later on. Now we further clarify, V'am Rebelezer, Rebelezer the Amira says, Loi Hechshi Rebelezer, Rebelezer the Tana is not Machshir this, El Alter, unless she brings this get to Bezdin right away in order to receive approval from the Bezdin to get remarried. Because then the Eid Mesira are going to remember what was written on the get, and we're not going to have to suspect that anything was forged. But if she brings it later, literally meaning from now up until 10 days, then it wouldn't be a valid get, even according to Rebel Azar. Because we have to be chashish that maybe there was a Tanai in it, and she forged it, meaning maybe she raised that Tanai, and the Eid Mesira aren't going to remember that long after reading the get. They read the get today. They're not going to remember in a week 
from now what it said. So even Rabbi Lazar wouldn't be machshir such a get in this case. However, Rabbi Yechon argues and he says, even if the get was brought to Bezdin later on, it's kosher. There was some sort of tenai in it. These Edim Asira will remember that even though they read the get quite some time ago. Now, another clarification from Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar Damayra says, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar, the Tana is not machshir this get. El begetin. Only when we're talking about getin. Avol b'shar shtaris, loy. But when we're dealing with a different type of shtar, for example, shtar mechira or shtar halva, then we're not allowed to use this type of document that could be forged. Dichsev, because the Pasuk says, Unasatam b'chicheres l'man yamdu yamim rabim. And we had called this Pasuk previously. This is referring to when Hashem told Yirmiya to buy a field from his cousin. And the Pasuk says that Yirmiya was told to put the shtar in a klicheres so it could last for a long time. Now, shtar that can last for a long time means that it has to be a type of shtar that cannot be changed because we're going to need it way later on. And that means that all other stars are not allowed to be written on paper that's easily forgeable. However, Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon once again argues and he says, Afil b'shtaris, we're allowed to use this type of paper. Ask the Gemara, what do you mean? The Pasuk clearly tells us that this star has to last for a long time, which means it can't be forgeable. So Gemara answers, no. Over there, the Pasuk is giving us a good piece of advice that you're going to want to have your star for a long time because you're going to want to use it to prove that you own the field. So therefore, helpful tip of the day, don't use a piece of paper that's able to be forged. But in terms of the strict halacha, says Rabbi Yechanan, if a person wants to use such a paper, he could, and it's still a kosher star. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a brand new Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.